Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests who've appeared on JM in the AM. Yosef Calvin Murray, a great Ohio State football star and then a Philadelphia Eagles football star, is now a star of Orthodox Judaism along with his wife, and he is the subject of his wife's recent book about their lives. Yosef Calvin Murray joined me recently on JM the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to introduce Yosef Murray, who at one time was known as Calvin Murray, uh, to this amazing audience. Uh, I've spoken to him for a total of about 30 seconds in advance of this interview and had the opportunity to uh, let him know that we share a mutual friend, and that is Rabbi Tzvi Khan, who is uh, noted in the book as a uh, close friend and confidant of the uh, Murray family. Um, so it was it was wonderful in the initial moments of my uh, off-air conversation with Yosef Murray to hear about the uh, the greatness of an old friend, uh, the great Rabbi Tzvi Khan, who's now down in Florida. The book is entitled From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism, written by Amuna Verid Murray, who is the wife of of Yosef Murray. Amuna, originally from Columbus, that's Columbus, Ohio, made Aliyah in uh, August of 2016, lives in Malaya Dumim, where she keeps busy with frequent trips to Jerusalem, as well as exploring the entire country. She's a blogger, transcriber, author, and most of all, passionate and grateful to live in the most precious land. She made six trips to Israel before making Israel her home on the seventh trip. Information about the book from rosebowltorashi.com from Rosebowl to Rashi.com. Her husband, who uh, was known as Calvin Murray and now is more commonly known as Yosef Murray, uh, was an incredible uh, football player for Ohio State University and then became an incredible football player in the NFL, including a couple of seasons with his beloved Philadelphia Eagles. After all, he's from southern New Jersey, and you know there are a lot of Philadelphia fans down there. And at some point, the two of them met, and at some point, the two of them decided that they would become Orthodox Jews. Calvin Yosef Murray, welcome to JM in the AM. Welcome back. Thank you. I really appreciate being on your show. I appreciate you being with us. Um, you know, i I got to ask you some of the football stuff first, if you don't mind. Okay. First of oh, all, no, mind. <laughs> first of all, I saw in the book, I mean, I, I was, I was uh, you know, as a kid, uh, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember the legendary Woody Hayes, the coach of of Ohio right. State, and you mm-hmm. and you cite the infamous episode that led to his um, to hit, led to his firing at Ohio State. Were you there as a player, right in the middle of that entire thing? I was right in the middle of it. I was just a matter of five or six feet away from the whole incident, from everything happening, and you know, I was there right in the middle of the fight and just everything else that went on. I wow. was right there. And that was an era before social media and viral videos were a big deal, and yet you, you recall how the country responded to what had happened. Woody Hayes actually uh, got into a fight with an opposing player when he was coach of Ohio State, and I guess you knew right. it. Th- I guess you knew at that point there would be some type of transition coming up at the university, huh? Yeah, um, he was under a lot of stress um, that whole season. He wasn't really himself the whole time, and a lot of people don't know that Coach Hayes was also a diabetic. Mm. And he didn't take his medicine that morning, so he was really, you know, on a on a high. You, you, when you're a diabetic, you can go high and you can go low. And I just think what you know, we were used to him tapping us on the pads. Really, basically, where he hit him at was raiding the uh, front pads of his his shoulder pads, and it, it just the swinging of the arm to the pads. The guy didn't even know he hit him, and. You know, he just hit him one time, and he let him go, and he just was so frustrated. And it was really a sad thing because all the great things that Coach Hayes did for so many people, I mean, visiting people in the hospitals, you know, not I mean, he had stacks of checks that he never cashed for public speaking, that he was just, he was just that kind of guy. He was mm. always always on campus. When you sit, he was, he was one of those coaches that – you know, if you went to Ohio State, you would run into him on the Oval. I mean, he would be walking across campus. He would walk up to a kid and 
you know, wasn't one of his players, and he would say, how are you doing? What are you studying? And he would talk to them. Interesting. I, mean, I ran into, uh, yeah, I ran into so many people um, who remember having uh, meetings with him, and that's one thing that I think really was really unique and different that he did. He really cared about the people at Ohio State. He cared about us as players. He treated us like we were family. You, you, um, you write, or more accurately, your wife writes that when he recruited when we, I'm, I'm kidding. When he recruited you, uh, uh-huh. you, you were the only person in, in in the area that he didn't speak to. He went to all your exactly. your, your friends and relatives. Right. He, my, he talked to my grandmother. He talked to you know cousins, friends, everybody that was associated. And what he was doing, he was saying what he what he looks for is. Is there discipline in the house, and is the kid loved? Mm. And he knows. He said, if that's in the house, he said, I can work with him. Interesting. Yosef Murray with us live via telephone. The um, uh, Your dream was to play for Ohio State, I assume, because your father right. was an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. And then your right. dr- your dream was to play for Philadelphia Eagles, and they, they end up right. being the NFL team that drafts you. Before, right. before we get into the religious <laughs> overtones of all this, <laughs> That must be that must be amazing. Looking back, that those two things, which were your two dreams, and so many great players in this country, never get to the teams that they want to really be on. Must have been amazing right. that both those dreams came true for you. Well, you know, it, it really is a little uh, story with that. I was with my father in the ninth grade, and my ninth grade coach, uh, Alvin Caldwell, he goes to me, he said, "Cal, what are your goals?" And I was like, "Goals? What are goals?" You know, and then he explained to me about goals. He said, take your goals that you want to accomplish and write them down. So what I did is I wrote that I want to play for Ohio State, I want to play for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I want to work with kids. And I wrote that down in the ninth grade. And there was something about writing. There was something that I don't understand. But that kept me focused on who and where I was going. And the opportunities just opened up. The the head coach at Defford High School, when we were playing them in the semis in the playoffs, he actually told Ohio State, told Coach George Trump, who was coming there looking at some kids in Defford. And he said, you got to go down further south. There's a boy down there. We just couldn't stop him. He scored six touchdowns on us. And that's how I got discovered by Ohio State. And as soon as Ohio State came, that was it. Everybody was trying to get me, and I told Notre Dame and everybody, you know, sorry, I'm going to Ohio State. That's one of my dreams. Unbelievable. And you end up playing in a Rose Bowl. And yep. and to this day, you still have the longest touchdown catch in school history? Or someone surpassed you? Well, it, somebody did it. They broke it in California, but it's the longest at, for a running back and, or anybody in the horseshoe. Me, so me, nobody, nobody in the horseshoe has beat it yet. So right, and and and, 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 and in, the, in the horseshoe, you mean the Ohio State home field? Right, right, yeah. Not ev- not everybody, not that. everybody in this audience knows what the horseshoe is. <laughs> um, yeah, I got I to remember where I'm where I'm talking to. <laughs> and uh, and when you say more south, that's because you were in the Cape May area in Jersey, and that explains right. why you were an Eagles fan, I guess. Right, that would explain it. Yes, and you yes. end up being. Actually, Jer- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Actually, actually, I had a story. Harold Carmichael, my father, took me. To I remember Harold again. Carmichael, great wide receiver. Right. Right. Well. When I was in the ninth grade, again, my father took me to a football camp in Wobble, New Jersey. And I was down there, and Harold Carmichael was one of the players who was part of the camp. And we were doing a bunch of different drills, and Harold walks up to me and says, Young man, you have the ability to make it to the NFL. And I was like, really? And so I believed that. And so that's when I realized how powerful words are. And and I believed in him. I believed that he said that. And then when I walked into that locker room, how how Carmichael went crazy. He was like, "Oh my gosh, I remember you! You, you made it! You made it yes, here! You made it! Yep." You know, you so. say the power of words. Not to bounce around too much here, but uh, right. imagine the lesson for parents and other role models who are listening to this broadcast. If we, if we, and I can count myself, of course would only realize mm-hmm. the power of words and how a positive word to a younger person literally 
can change their lives. Literally, could seep in, their lives. can seep into their head, stay there for a long time, and really boost their confidence. Yes, Pretty I amazing. I agree a hundred percent with that, and I and that's what I do when I'm working with young kids. I let them know that you know I'm very careful with my words. Well, you know, in Judaism, we have to be very careful with our words. We're told to be very careful with our words, and that's one of the things I really love about the beauty of Judaism is, you know, the power of words, because remember, Hashem spoke, and everything happened. Right. He didn't physically do it with us. I don't know if, you know, he doesn't have hands. He but just said it. He didn't. He just said it. And so that's why I realized then, even more so now, the power of of words. Not to compare you to God, but sort of the same thing. You wrote it and it happened. <laughs> right. You wrote right. it you wrote exactly. it down and committed that it's gonna happen. Uh Yosef Calvin Murray with us uh, via telephone. The book is called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, a unique journey to Orthodox Judaism written by his wife, Amuna Vered Murray. Can you explain and believe me, we'll get to the Orthodox Judaism uh, track in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just gotta do I, I, I gotta get my sports fix here. Can you explain the difference between the college level and the pro level, could you explain the difference when you're trying to run through a defensive line at Ohio State, and then when you're trying to run through the you know Redskins defensive line in Philadelphia? Well, I tell you, the the, the difference is knowledge. Well, and what I mean by knowledge is the guys there are step faster, or even a couple steps faster. They understand. They know tendencies. They know. They watch at the pro level. They know all your tendency, your weakness, your strengths, what did you do when when you run this play, type of play. They know you're going to cut back if you're a cutback guy. They know if you're going to step out and go and do this certain thing. So they know more knowledge. Now, the college level is not quite there, but it's really, really fine-tuned when you get to the NFL because when I thought that I can just go turn the corner when I got in the um, NFL in the practice, and a big old defensive line ran me down and said, hey, buddy, you're not in the Big Ten. This is the NFL now. <laughs> and that's when I realized that I had to pick it up and I had to use the brain that God gave me to help myself to be able to um, um, set people up, give false reads so that they would think that I'm doing something. Right. And then every, the every rookie has that moment, right? Every rookie has that moment, no, the, the welcome rookie. to the NFL moment. Yes, everyone, everyone does. And mine, my biggest one was um, we were actually, um, I was Coach Vermeil. He told me the reason that he recruited me was because I ran for over 100 yards against UCLA. He right. said anybody that, that, right, did, that, that ran for yeah. 100 yards over UCLA, he has to be a great back. So that's right. why he bought me in. And I just tell you, it's just he, he welcomed me to the NFL when I was playing. We were playing the Steelers in Pittsburgh, and I did a kickoff return. I took it back. I got it on about the goal line, and I took it all the way to their 40. Wow. And Coach Vermeer was the first person to come over top of me and says, welcome to the NFL. And that's when I knew I made it. Yeah, that's in the positive welcome to the NFL. <laughs> right. So you have the negative welcome to the NFL, you have the positive welcome to the NFL. Now, I'm, I'm just trying to get the years straight. They made the Super Bowl in your era. Didn't the Eagles go to the Super Bowl in 88? No, I, miss, I just missed it. They came off of just losing to Oakland. In the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. And then right. you And then you get drafted and start in September with them. Right. Wow, and the same thing when I went up to uh, Mike Toms that got me to the Bears. The same thing happened there. The Bears in '85 went to the Super Bowl and won, right. and then I came there in '86, and that was the end of my career. So it's interesting. It, early in your life, you know, you write the stuff down. You accomplish exactly mm-hmm. what you want to accomplish, and of course, the greatest right. goal in the NFL is to be in and win a Super Bowl. And you just miss on both of those occasions. Right. Any spiritual right. angle to that? Well, you know, I tell you, um, there's so many. I, it's just, it's amazing what God does for you in 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 the waiting process. Because I remember when, um, for example, going back to the Bears, I was out for a while. I had played in the USFL for a little bit, and then I was out. And I said, God, I just want to get back in the NFL. And this affects your son because I told your son the same story. 
and he ended up writing down what he really wanted with God and spoke it to God, and it happened for him. I don't know if he told you the story. He did not tell me that story. Yes, yes. You need to, you need to uh, talk to him about that. I, I a- even have the text message. It was amazing. I said, be very deep, because what I did was I asked God to get back in the NFL. Mike Tomczak gets tells the Bears, because we were playing a charity basketball game. Quarterback, quarterback, Tomczak, quarterback for the Bears. For the Bears. He he gets me an opportunity to get back in the NFL. So I get back in. Three weeks later, I start a Bible study, which I had done all the time right. throughout my career. Dr. Dr. J acknowledged it in Philadelphia. Yep. Yes. Dr. J actually came to my house and studied the Word of God with me. So that's when I realized, you know, as a rookie, how much you can impact if God, once is using you, he will use you and show you how. Right. And so, I forgot where I was at. Well, you're we talking about just missing the Super Bowl with any spiritual just implications. The Super Bowl. Right. So, what happened was, I was, um, when I I had asked God, after I got let go by the Bears, and it didn't work out, and I, no, I got injured, and ended my career, and I was like, man, I was so frustrated. I was like, what's going on, God? What's going on? Why did you... Why did you take me away from the dream that you know I really, really wanted? And he said, you didn't ask. And this pressing came upon me. You didn't ask to stay. I just asked to get there, which he granted. He allowed me back in. And then he ended my career completely. And if I had said to him, I want to get back to the NFL and I want to make a career out of it, my words, he honored my words again. So he was teaching me a lesson. Whenever you speak to me, make sure you know what it is that you want to say or right. that I, you really want. I'll help you accomplish what you want to accomplish, but don't always right. think that that the best thing for you is what you wish for. Exactly. Yeah. So I learned a tremendous lesson from that. Calvin, I have a, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, I was just going to say that I, you know, my my wife that uh, that Hashem bought me is she's such a a beautiful woman. On the outside, but she's really, really a beautiful woman on the inside. I wonder, because I, I give her so much credit for what she did in writing the book. And, oh, oh, we're going to talk uh, about your wife in a minute. I just got to finish my football questions. I've also discovered uh, here on the air that a former NFL great is giving advice to my son. How do you like that? Calvin Murray is with us live via telephone. The book is called From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism, written by his wife, Amuna Verid Murray. Last football thing, because I'm just curious. Arch, okay. you played with Arch Schleister. Right. And, well, Art was behind me a year, yes. And we know that he's had, you know, he's had a difficult life. I'm just curious if you were ever in touch with him after your college days. You know, in reality, um, yes, I tried to. Uh, matter of fact, when I was there, I was voted a captain my senior year. And so it, I was seeing the path that he was heading. And so I got the captains together, and we had a meeting, and then we went and tried to get him the help. And you, you know that only the way somebody can get help is they have to want to help. Right. And he didn't want it, and I said, well, you know, yeah, he went the path that he chose, and you know, it's a shame that he was very, very talented. He's one of the most talented persons, uh, athletes that I ever played around. I mean, he could throw the ball with his left hand seventy yards accurate, as well as with his right. Amazing! And it, it, it was amazing. He had amazing ability. He was smart. He was strong, and he just couldn't stop gambling. And it, it just got a hold of him, and it just destroyed him and it destroyed a lot of other people that he uh affected yeah no question about that um sometimes i shouldn't say sometimes i think we might be able to say the majority of the time people and certainly athletes don't realize Mm -hmm. the gift that god has given them don't realize i I agree i agree i agree a hundred percent and and a lot of them don't realize that it came from him to use to glorify him, and, not and, to glorify and, themselves, and, and to help themselves and others. Right, exactly. It's not about them. Wow. Uh, whose journey to Orthodox Judaism is more interesting, yours or your wife's? 
I would, I, you know what, that one there, I'm going to have to say my wife. My wife was, when she first went to Israel, she came back, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm one second, so you, you were married and, and you were uh, you know, with a religious home. I mean, it, mm-hmm. no secret, you yeah, guys we were, were pastors. You were practicing yeah, was, churchgoers we were, with, your, with your kids. Right. And, right. and, and right. until she went to Israel, there was no notion of, of exploring Judaism? Oh yeah, we we started um, we started ten years out. We started with Christmas and we broke that down because we had somebody to come to us and you know the origins of how Christmas started. And we were like, no. So we started researching and once we started seeing that, we stopped doing it. And then we got into the Messianic movement, which introduced us to Judaism and introduced us to the prayers and introduced us to, but they still were using Jesus. So. We weren't happy with that, and then we went to a lot of conferences, and, and we just and we were actually told to stay away from Rabbi Tuvia Singer, right. who we met, and I just finally met him when I was in Jerusalem this past year, and that's the that was it. I mean, my wife got it before I did. Um, she was studying it, and I started like, man, you know, I'm not giving up, you know. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. How old was and your then, oldest child at this point? Our oldest child was, uh, he was in college. It was our two youngest kids that were still, in, they were in high school as we were getting it, because our daughter was just graduating high school when we finally um, finished our conversion process. What, what, what do you have, a total of six children? Yeah, we have six children. We have five boys and a girl. And our oldest boy played in the NFL. Right. Him and Ben, Ro- him and Ben Rosenberger played together. Um, and in, high, in college. And my question is: Are, are, are mm-hmm. all are all of them are bored? Do, do we consider all your family members Orthodox Jews at this point? Just you and your wife? No. What's the story? Just my wife and I. And Just are they, and I. are the kids cool with the whole thing? Well, some are, some aren't. Right. You know, it's just. Uh, because, you know, you, when you've been told one thing for all your life, and then all of a sudden you make a, <laughs> a complete, complete turn, right. it rocked their boat. And, you know, so the, uh, some of them, the jury's still out. Some of them are still watching, seeing what's going on. Are you really serious? But we also, we also have a Jewish grandson. So, you know, one of our sons um, actually ended up marrying when he was in the military, what, a Jewish girl, and they um, had a son, and his name is Yehuda Mordecai. So them and our other two grandkids are Elijah and Eliana. So <laughs> Life is I funny, mean, huh? It is funny. <laughs> now, <laughs> now your wife, you, we, we get, so we sort of get your background in terms of the church-going right. family, uh, well-disciplined, right, right. athletic, the whole thing. And the prayer right. groups, and we get a perspective of what you were doing uh, in your younger years. Y- your wife is from a similar type of religious background. How would you describe her? No. Her roots? no, she was from none. She had to. She searched on her own. She would. She was going to church with other people in her community. Will come and pick her up. She didn't have the same religious. Uh, background that I had. So, I had a very, very strong religious background. So what got her into she, into questioning about Judaism, or, or did she have the same questions that you described earlier? She did. Um, when we came together, both of us had no idea that we were even going to go that path. We were just uh, wanted to raise our kids, knowing that there's a God, and that God controls everything, and had that wonderful relationship with Him. And so we were more focused on that. And that's where we wanted to be. And it's just, she didn't, I, I I don't know how, it was just must have been meant to be for her to and I to meet because I don't know how she managed to keep herself, you know, that way. You know, just she kept searching for God. She was searching for God all, all her life. And now she found him. Unbelievable. And you and you both started on these serious route yep. to Orthodox yep. Judaism. When not what not when was the actual conversion, but when would you say the serious study to make this move started? How long ago? I would say about ten years ago. And the official conversion was when? Five years ago. Unbelievable. And and at that time, you decided to live in Israel. 
visit often? You live here. What's the story? We live part-time. Like, I'm just getting ready to do Aliyah. She already did Aliyah. Um, we're living part-time because we want to keep the relationship with our children right. and and our grandchildren because that's very important. We don't want to abandon our role as, because we came Orthodox Jews, to abandon our role as the parents of the kids. We want them to know we still love them. We still love them the same. We're the same people that, you know, and everything. So we want to keep that door open. And we told all the kids we would bring them to Israel. So our two children that we had together, because she had two boys, I had two boys, we came together, and then we had a boy and a girl. Our two children we had together have already been to Israel. And it's just they have been really touched by what's going on in Israel, and they really love Israel. Unbelievable! You know, one of the things. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm. One of the things that that we, as those who have been quote unquote from from birth, always right. always wonder about um, is, you know, what if life would have been different? What if our parents were not Orthodox? What if we were from non Jewish homes? You know, how different right. would our lives right. be? Because obviously, a hundred percent of our lives are guided by. Uh, Jewish law. I mean, I don't have to tell you right. that. You know, you know how it right. works. Right. At this point, you know right. how it works, right? <laughs> so, right. right. So, when, when someone acts surprised, and not acts, but when someone you know re- reacts in a surprising fashion, that you would want to leave the secular world. Let's call it. I know you had a religious affiliation, but let's just call that for a moment as it relates to Judaism, the secular world, and 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 make this commitment. This commitment to the six hundred and thirteen commandments. Do you do you right. un, do you understand that sometimes people are are taken aback by one who decides yeah. to do that? Oh yeah, they 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 really don't know how to act. Um, they really don't know how to act. And if and, and if someone would say to you, "Isn't life a lot easier?" When you don't oh, have yeah. when, when you don't have the one seventh of the week restrictions, when you don't have ca- oh kosherous laws, <laughs> and you don't oh. and you don't have family purity, um, um, right. a technical aspect. I mean, wouldn't right. wouldn't one conclude that that it might be easier to stay in the oh. in the prior lifestyle? Right. That's what people were like. Why? Why did you do that? Why are you going there? Why? Why are you? Why are you giving up that? And people, people are asking us, why did you become Orthodox Jew? You, you, you're okay. Why just be a righteous Gentile? And uh, my soul would not have been happy. My soul would not have been happy. My soul had to come all the way home. It had to come to who it, where its destiny was. Because, be, because your soul was at Sinai. Right. And your wife's soul was at Sinai with us. Oh, yeah. Yes. And we just woke up. We, you know, we, I, from, you know, I had a conversation with my mother before she passed away. And my mom said she saw this. Look, when I was born, I'm the oldest. She said, you had this glow on you. I didn't understand what it was. So before I actually made the final commitment to be an Orthodox Jew, Hashem used my mother to come to me in a dream. That's why I chose the name Yosef, because I had, Always had Hashem always spoke to me in dreams throughout before I became an Orthodox Jew. He used my mother's voice and says, I remember when I remember the conversation. She said, I know what that light was that I saw on you. You have a Jewish neshama. Go on and finish your journey. My mother knew nothing about Jewish neshama. And I just went from that when I heard that. I said, okay, that's mom. Let me go on and finish and do it. And ever since I made that commitment, my soul has been just joyous. That's how I got to meet your son. It was just one of the, he was one of the miracles that was happening to me while I was in Israel. It was just one right after another. And we connected so well over there. And he's, he's got a great son. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Yes, you have a great son. You know, some yeah. you you titled, or I should say, your wife total, titled the book from Rose Bowl to Rashi. Right. I, I was thinking maybe you know from touchdown to Torah, 
You know how does right. Ra- how does Rashi make it? How does Rashi get the spotlight on this one? <laughs> well, well, what happened was we were at a friend's house in New Albany, and the lady goes, "You know what? You need to write a book." And we go, "Everybody kept telling us write a book, write a book." And she so she said, "Here, there's a title: wrote from Rose Bowl to Rashi," and it stuck. And we said, "Oh, we like that." <laughs> That's great. You do write in the book about how much you appreciate Rashi's commentary on the Torah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we did. It's very, very helpful for us. You know, I think a lot of times, the, you know, one of the things that my wife and I really want to do for the Jewish community is be an inspiration to let them know they have, they have it. They have the Torah. The world is crying for the Torah and to be excited about what they have so that they can give it to the world and to be that light in the nation so that the nation will see that Israel is the, the promise, the chosen ones. Wow. Calvin Murray's with us. His wife, Amuna Vered Murray, wrote the book From Rose Bowl to Rashi. Check it out, everybody. It's on the web from rosebowltorashi.com. Also, there's a uh, Facebook page, facebook.com slash from Rose Bowl. To Rashi, do you meet Philadelphia Eagle fans in Israel? Oh yeah, they must have been yes, happy. They, they must have been happy this past season. Oh, they were very happy, very happy. For those of you who don't know, the Eagles won the most recent Super Bowl, and uh, and what's life like in general in Malay Adumim? I mean, do you do you quote unquote fit in? Do you feel part of the community? Are you oh, would I yes. wa- would I walk in Shabbos morning and you're davening the same as everybody else? Yep. Simple as that, huh? Simple as that. And the best part about being an Orthodox Jew is, give me one, give me one thing that that I should really start to appreciate because I take it all for granted since I was born with it. What's one thing I should not take for granted in Jude in Orthodox Judaism that you that you find to be so wonderful? That personal relationship with the Creator. That personal relationship, that one on one that you have that we can talk to Hashem and he will hear and he will honor and he will support us and love on us and meet our cries and our that he will be there and he's there for you and he's ready to help you. You know, um, according to Mishnaic tradition, at this point I might have to call you Rebbe, Yosef. <laughs> Does the name John Frank mean anything to you? Yeah, we were teammates. Is it true that he is now an Orthodox Jew, or you don't know? That's right. He yes, is. He is. He's yeah. an or- He played for Ohio State. I, be- right. I believe he also played for the NFL. Am I right? Did he play in the NFL? Right. Right. And he's also now an Orthodox Jew. What? What's going on there at Ohio State? Are the Schottensteins having some uh, influence over there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, it's, it's really amazing. John Frank and I are really close, and we keep in touch, and we help and support each other. And he actually, if I'm not mistaken, won a Super Bowl. Yes, he did at the, with the 49ers. Unbelievable. So the, the 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 percentage of Orthodox Jews to Jews in football is probably the largest of any sport. <laughs> as we as, as we continue to meet more and more Orthodox former NFL players, it's just unbelievable right. the whole thing. And 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 the the and and I wonder if one could even argue that because of the intensity and the physical prowess that one needs to play that sport. That in right. fact, that in fact, the regimen of Orthodox Judaism might appeal to those who are, you know, most physically involved in their sport. You think there's something to that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you think about it. There's 13 owners right now. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And the, and the last, in the last several Super Bowls have been won by Jewish owners. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. But I think, yeah. but I think you, to my point, I think you allude to it in the book. That the whole uh-huh. that the whole physical nature and the incredible discipline one needs to pursue yep. the sport to you and I, I think you wrote this I, I read it a, you know a while ago but I think your wife wrote this that you would say it, it has a relationship with the discipline oh, yeah. that with the discipline that we go through as Orthodox Jews oh yeah repeat like for example we would do a play we run that play over a thousand times till it's a part of it how many times have we we do Shakrit Minka Amari right. 
three times a day. Yeah. So to the point where you can, you literally know it by heart, and and it becomes, it starts becoming you, defining you. The words start defining and changing and help you. It's the same thing in the athletic world. That's the way they want you to be. So when you're standing up there, you're getting ready to do a play, you already know what to do. Interesting comparison, I'll tell you. Does your wife uh, go on the lecture circuit about the book? Yeah. People can invite her to the uh, to her to uh, their community and have her uh, yep. mm-hmm. have her explain all this. Yep. She doesn't like doing it, but she'll do it. Amazing. The book is written by Amuna Vered Murray. The book is entitled From Rose Bowl to Rashi, A Unique Journey to Orthodox Judaism. It is a book about the journey of two people together, Amuna Murray and Yosef Murray. Yosef, at one time known as Calvin Murray of the Ohio State University Buckeyes and the Philadelphia Eagles. We started this conversation. You said that... Um, the difference between the levels, college and the pros, is the knowledge, is the smarts. Right. So if we do see a great one at their position, as skilled as they are, we have to keep in mind that they have something up there that is simply superior to the other players on the field. Right. Pretty amazing, I'll tell you. Never thought of it like that. So if Tom Brady's the best quarterback ever, it might be that he's the smartest quarterback ever. Right. Pretty cool. Hey, are you surprised about the lack of uh, star running backs in the NFL right now? How that position has been depleted somewhat? No. I saw the change coming. Really? Yeah. Because my kids find it hard to believe that I speak of an era where the running back was the key to the entire offense. Right. Not like that anymore. No. Uh-uh. Nope, it's not. It's, it's a different era. Um, it's a different way. I would have... Fit the era that they're playing now would have fit me better because I was more of a of a wide receiver, running back. Very cool. Where are you going to be spending Rosh Hashanah? Uh, actually, I'm spending it here in Columbus. But who's the rabbi there now that you're close? Who's the rabbi now in Columbus that you're closest with? Rabbi Apple. Okay. Or I have to run. Um, they're calling me. Yosef, I can't thank you enough. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. From Rose Bowl to Rashi, a unique journey to Orthodox Judaism. Amuna Vered Murray about her journey and uh, the journey of her husband. Our guest this morning, Calvin Yosef Murray, on a very interesting Wednesday morning at JM in the AM. That's Yosef Calvin Murray who joined us on the Nachum Siegel Network on a recent JM in the AM episode uh, with the story of his amazing life, which is documented in the book written by his wife about both of their lives. Rebetzin Adina Schmidman has been uh, a recent guest on JM in the AM to introduce a special Rosh Chodesh program that has been designated by the OU for the uh, women out there in our community. And uh, this was our conversation recently. On JM and the AM, Rebetzin Adina Schmidman on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Tuesday morning broadcast. Well, um, at the very beginning of the women's uh, OU Women's Initiative program, um, we were quite impressed with the practical manner that uh, the OU's uh, Women's Initiative was um, had kicked off its programming and kicked off its initiative, frankly. And then you may recall that uh, they were behind the uh, amazing grant program that not only uh, went ahead and uh, and offered and granted grants to many different congregations who were uh, doing different things with women's programming, etc., but on top of that, uh, they really got a lot of congregations to think in that direction. And uh, if they didn't get the funding from the OU, they went ahead and you know, in many cases, got the funding from other places. On Sunday, this past, oh, was it Sunday or Monday? This past August 12th, this past Sunday, the uh, OU Women's Initiative Program launched a brand new virtual Rosh Chodesh Lunch and Learn series. I've seen, by the way, the lineup of who they have. This is going to be a success, I can tell you that much. The goal is to provide excellent Torah scholarship and learning opportunities for women 
and the brand-new Rosh Chodesh Lunch and Learn series provides top-notch learning opportunities for women. The shiurim are given by world-renowned lecturers and Torah scholars. With us live via telephone, Rebetzin Dr. Adina Schmidman, who is the director of the OU Women's Initiative. Um, Rebetzin Dr. Schmidman, welcome back to JM in the AM. It is a pleasure to be here with you, Nahum. You know, I gave you the intro that I did and, and the Women's Initiative intro that I did because I think there were a lot of skeptics when you started, you know, wondering, is this, you know, is this going to quote-unquote accomplish anything or change anything? And I think from the get-go, you guys have been amazing, and this is just another, uh, you know, another step in that direction. So uh, I hope you appreciated the intro and call out a vote for all you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. We're very excited. We're super excited about this new initiative, the idea of highlighting Rosh Kodesh and really capturing the feminine spirit of Rosh Kodesh by gathering women together through Torah study. Oh, yeah. Isn't Rosh Kodesh a women's holiday after all? It sure is. It's not just about leaving the laundry and leaving the kitchen. It's so so funny you say that because there's a joke in my family. Uh, When I was growing up, I remember if something had to be sewn, and in those days, you know, most people did their sewing at home instead of instead of outsourcing it. If something had to be sewn, my mother would say, you know, I can't do it today. It's Rosh Chodesh. And, you know, so every time every time in my house now when someone says Rosh Chodesh, someone will say no sewing, you know, that type of thing. So that, that was like the extent of what we knew about it being a women's holiday. I'm sure it's much more than that. It, it, it certainly is. We, our custom, in quotes, uh, for our family in terms of recognizing Rosh Chodesh is that we go to Rita's Water Ice here in Philadelphia. <laughs> we, call, we, call, we call it Rosh Chodesh Rita's. I love but it. This is, but this is, a, this is obviously we're trying to move Rosh Chodesh onto a holier plane. And the idea of centering Rosh Chodesh around women and women's Torah learning really gives opportunity to women who may not be able to head to a shear. Or maybe they do, but here this is an opportunity on Rosh Chodesh itself right. to engage in Torah learning and create a community around Torah learners in and focusing on Rosh Chodesh. Oh, and by the way, uh, not not to uh, concentrate on your aside, uh, but I, I am very impressed by how good the uh, Rita's sugar-free ices are. I'm shocked, frankly, that they're, <laughs> that they're able to do that one uh, sugar-free. Kudos to them. Um, all right, so obviously there won't be, I don't, well, one second, maybe there will be. We'll find out in a minute if there'll be a Tishrei Rosh Chodesh Lunch and Learn. Obviously, that's Rosh Hashanah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Tell me how this past Sunday went when the educational director of Matan Eshkolot, Rabbanit Shani Tarragon, uh, kicked off this series. Fantastic. Rabbanit Shani is beloved, and she was so well-received. There were over a 1,000 unique viewers Wow. Since, since the program launched at noon on Sunday, we had participants from 27 states, including Alabama, Maine, Oregon, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, of course, New York and New Jersey, uh, Florida, all over. Uh, I could list all 27 if you'd like. Well, I, 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 I'm more curious about, and it's great, the geography is amazing, and what the OU does to get the word out about this is wonderful. But I'm wondering what the content was, and not to minimize a shiur, you know, presentation by Rabbi Shani Tarragon, but is that the goal, to get together and hear a shiur, or is there, are there other things that are surrounding this whole Rosh Chodesh Lunch and Learn concept? The idea is a, is a shiur, is to center, just anchor the day right. uh, with Torah learning, and the concept of Lunch and Learn was to bring Torah into someone's home, into someone's office, and... Right give a gift to women on Rosh Chodesh, the gift of a shir. So oh. it's the idea of building a community around Torah and around Rosh Chodesh creates a focal point of Rosh Chodesh for for women. Did she concentrate on the subject of Rosh Chodesh on Sunday or or anything uh, or anything is valid during the lunch and learn? <laughs> okay, so that's a, that's a really good question. The themes the theme is the the theme of the month. Ah. So that way, one is oriented to right. whether it be a chag, whether it be a particular uh, idea, but something that should resonate because of the Jewish month. I love it. I love it. 
Uh, and of course, this is the month of Elul. Uh, the, the list of the speakers in this series that the OU's Women's Initiative Program has already announced includes Rabbanit Shani Tarragon, as we mentioned, Rebetzin Sipora Weinberg, uh, Mrs. Rachel Kosowski, Mrs. Yael Leibowitz, Mrs. Hannah Cohen, Mrs. C.B. Nugrashal, uh, Mrs. Dina Schoenmeicher, uh, Mrs. Esther Ween, and uh, Ms. Razi Chechik from our very own Manhattan Day School. Uh, I mean, this is a very, very impressive list. Are you doing anything for Rosh Hashanah time? Are you doing anything before Tishrei actually begins? We certainly are. Uh, Reverend Sipora Weinberg is going to be speaking on September 5th. That's the Wednesday before Rosh Hashanah. We, we wanted to start with Elo. We felt that it was a a particularly poignant opportunity to launch this initiative. Correct. And didn't want to stop just because there isn't a Rosh Chodesh for Tishrei. Right. So we're going, she'll be speaking about the Yamim No Ra'im. And we're, we're then obviously going to continue with the Rosh, uh, Rosh Chodesh that follows. In, right. uh, now, what, what do people need to know about September 5th? The ladies need to know what? To go to OU.org? Like, what, what do they need to do in order to make sure they would be part of this? Okay, so in order to, if you'd like to see the archives here with uh, Rabbi Nishani Paragon, you can do that as well. The the place to go for all of this is ou.org slash women. Got it. If you're, if you're jo- we'd love for you to join, and that will put you automatically on a list, and you'll receive this Rosh Chodesh gift every month in your email box, and yes. that's ou.org slash women slash virtual Rosh Chodesh lunch N, letter N, learn. If you'd like to go to the archives here, it's ou.org slash women slash video. All right, very good. Uh, and if they go to ou.org slash women in general, they'll find both of those, right? Absolutely. All right, and I, I would guess everybody in this audience, all the ladies in this audience, I'm assuming, are going to sign up. I mean, why not? It, it is a tremendous Rosh Chodesh gift to be part of this Lunch and Learn with amazing presenters. So we encourage it. Go to ou.org slash women, ou.org slash women. The next live one, Lunch and Learn for the OU Women's Initiative Program, is going to be September the 5th with Robert Tinsipara Weinberg and Rabbanit Tarragon's uh, presentation from this past Sunday is available there in the archive section. So check it out. Get on the mailing list. And I, I have a feeling, by the way, there may be some men in the audience who are going to take advantage and get on the mailing list as well. Just don't tell anybody, Rebitson, all right? It's, that's wonderful. We already <laughs> have over 500 women and a few men on that <laughs> list. So we're very excited. Any participants are welcome. Yeah, phenomenal. Great job. Uh, check it out, everybody. It is the OU Women's Initiative Program. This time they are launching, or have launched already, the brand new virtual Rosh Chodesh Lunch and Learn series, and it is quite impressive. The roster and uh, the number of people that they're already reaching, you can be part of it by going to OU.org slash women, OU.org slash women. And uh, Adina Schmidman, of course, Rebitson, Dr. Adina Schmidman is director of the OU's Women's Initiative program. I take this opportunity, just in case we don't speak, to wish you a Shana Tova, and thanks so much for joining us. To you as well. It's always a treat. I appreciate that, and great work, really, doing amazing work, and it's much appreciated by a lot of people out there around the world. That was my conversation with Robertson Adina Schmidman, who was a recent guest on JM in the AM. Daniel Gordon introduced to our audience an NCSY program that has been... Uh, that has been um, announced for fathers and sons on Labor Day weekend, the unique program that's going to be taking place up at Bear Mountain State Park in New York. Daniel Gordon of New York NCSY on this edition of JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Daniel Gordon is with us live via telephone. He is the chief relationship officer for New York NCSY, and uh, I I believe this Dor Lador New York NCSY Father Son Initiative is one of the um, one of the most amazing programs they could offer to the father son combination. We'll give you details in a second. Daniel Gordon, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. How are you? Baruch Hashem. So essentially, uh, you're inviting uh, dads and their sons uh, to go to uh, Bear Mountain on a uh, a special, I guess we'd call it overnight trip, some type of uh, camping adventure. Would that be accurate? 
Yeah, we will be sleeping in the cottages, um, but it will be, uh, it is Labor Day weekend, so it is September 2nd and 3rd, and it's really an opportunity to go to a place with a pretty weak um, cell phone service, <laughs> kind of intentional, um, to be able to spend time together, uh, because I think you know certainly better than I do, but I, uh, as you know, have two young children, and I can appreciate the opportunity to spend uh, time unplugged um, with them at any point, uh, more than just the once a week that Hashem has given us. You know, I know that the, the, the kids generally like when the parents are as you described unplugged but i'm i'm just wondering if the kids are going to be happy about that <laughs> I, I i think so i i think you know the conversations that we've had with people who have called about it and who've signed up and who and who've just discussed it with us i think their reaction is similar to yours it's really an opportunity to be able to spend time together we hope that it is the beginning um of many more uh, initiatives throughout the year uh to be able to just create opportunities for fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and people to just spend time together because we we are in the business of inspiring teenagers, um, and we realize that the inspiration of teenagers can sometimes, uh, or even most of the time, uh, inspire their families, and that inspiration is really the key um, that is going to drive the future um, of Call You So, and at the least, to be able to give people the opportunity to spend time together right. um, is really something that's lacking. Um, and as, as we look at this next year um, that you pointed out is three weeks away, yeah. another year that passes and more distractions that enter um, our lives. Look, uh, I, I mean, I, I pray, I really hope and pray that this is a big success because if this type of series, if this type of, if these types of events uh, continue to get uh, onto our calendar, I think it only benefits uh, both parents and children. And uh, I think it's great. What happens is, folks, it's very simple. Uh, fathers and sons are invited to Bear Mountain Sunday, September the second. This is Labor Day weekend. We're talking about. Uh, you check in at the Overlook Lodge Sunday morning. You have lunch, you have dinner, you have a campfire at night, you have night activity, of course, a great barbecue, what would you expect? And you get to spend all this time together. There'll also be hiking and boating, uh, which is very cool. There's a bunch of time for that Sunday afternoon. And then Monday, uh, more of the same. You get up for chakras and breakfast. You have a nice closing program. Everybody uh, you know, gets to uh, spend more time on Monday together. And it's open to boys who are in high school and their fathers. Simple as that. It's a reasonably priced, really cool overnight event at the Bear Mountain uh, at Overlook Lodge. It's just 45 minutes from the George Washington Bridge. To register for the event, you go to newyork.ncsy.org slash dorledor, D-O-R-L-D-O-R, or you can contact Daniel Gordon directly, Gordon D at ncsy.org. Gordon D at ncsy.org. Now, has this been done before or is this the very first time? Uh, this has not been done before um, in this specific way. I also just want to point out that we actually just locked in um, two very special um, NCSY guests who will be joining us on Monday morning, straight off of a plane from Israel, um, Rabbi Moshe Benevitz, who's the uh, managing director of NCSY, wow. and also the uh, famous director of NCSY, Kolo, will yeah. be joining us uh, to run the closing program. And on Sunday night, we'll be having a kumzitz around the fire um, after the barbecue, and that is going to be led by Rabbi Noam Wein. Um, who runs our JOLT program um, over the summer and is also uh, the principal of the North Shore Hebrew Academy High School. So, you know, you know really one, exciting. one good thing about, at least one good thing about somebody in your position, you have access to some of the most talented people in the Jewish world. I would go to this event just to hear the two of them, frankly. I, I agree. I think, listen, uh, last time we were together, we were uh, uh, sitting on the top row um, of an amphitheater uh, in, uh, in Latrun, and you got to interview all of these people who I pinch myself every day that they call me or email me or send me a WhatsApp um, just to do the work that we do. So I think, uh, you know, the gathering of the talent that, uh, that NCSY brings together is, is extraordinary, and I think the investment of that talent to, to participate in this program and to spend time in this program shows both their own personal investment, um, but also the realization that this is a real uh, important uh, opportunity for people. Daniel Gordon is with us. By the way, the the price on the program that's for the combination of father Correct. and son, right? One hundred percent. So it's one registration price for the uh, for the duo, so to speak. Uh, Darla Dar, it's an NCSY New York NCSY father son initiative aiming to strengthen the connection between father and son through a series of incredible excursions and engaging events. Uh, this coming Sunday, September the second, meaning this coming Labor Day weekend. Uh, starting at 11 a.m., it all begins at Bear Mountain at uh, Overlook Lodge, 45 minutes from the George Washington Bridge. It's an overnight program. You stay till uh, Monday at noon. And uh, information, etc. NewYork.ncsy.org/slash/doorladoor, or you could uh, write directly to Daniel Gordon at the following email address: Gordon D at NCSY.org. Gordon D at NCSY.org. I-, I-, I hope you're getting 
a nice response to this already. I hope. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's really, you know, one of the things, one of the responses that we're getting, you're highlighting the date and the Labor Day. People say, but it's Labor Day weekend. And I think that just highlights kind of the problem and the opportunity here is that it's Labor Day weekend and we have so few opportunities um, to spend time together. Um, We are Baruch Hashem blessed with Shabbos and with Yentif. We have about a month of those coming up. Uh, But but to really spend more personal time, um, you know, whether it's, you know, in shul, in a learning experience, or just walking around, quite frankly, um, to catch up, to get ready for the school year. Uh, we had one uh, parent call who has many children in high school, um, uh, actually a lot of sons in high school, and she said, I really want my older son to come with his father because he's going to Israel next year, and I want them to spend time together um, before. So really just a real opportunity for people to spend time Yeah, together. and it's different stuff. It's not like a Shabbos or Yontif. It's hiking, it's boating, it's barbecue dinner, it's campfire. I mean, you're talking about, you know, the very different activities than what we're used to, frankly. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yes, there will be eating. That's, yeah. that, is a, that, is, that is a staple. I get that. But, you know, it's, it's much, much different and much more fun and much more relaxed, frankly. That's um, for sure. uh, where, can people find what I'm looking I'm looking at this really nice brochure. Can people find this online? NewYork.ncsy.org slash Door It's there. All there. The same thing. Same thing. New York, spell it out. NewYork.ncsy.org slash Dorlador. Again, NewYork.ncsy.org slash Dorlador. If you feel the need to come back on between now and Labor Day, do it because I want to see this thing really succeed. Uh, so if we could do anything else for it, uh, Daniel Gordon, you let us know. Thank you so much as always, Nahum. It is an amazing opportunity for fathers and sons. Take advantage. Be in touch with Daniel Gordon directly. He'll tell you exactly what to do. Gordon D at NCSY.org. An amazing concept, a wonderful idea, and a great way for fathers and sons to spend just one overnight of Labor Day weekend. Yeah, it's Labor Day weekend and everything, but it's, it's one overnight we could sacrifice to be together in a unique area and with some really special people. I mean, Rabbi Weinberg, Rabbi Benevitz, for them alone, it is worth exposing your kids to them. To ju- Just to expose your kids to these two personalities, it's worth the entire thing. So tossing all the other stuff is a bonus. That was my conversation with Daniel Gordon, a recent guest about the Bear Mountain Retreat coming up Labor Day weekend for Fathers and Sons, a project of New York NCSY. That does it for this week's edition of JM Rewind. Check out all of our great programming all through the day, every single day, including JM and AM from 6 till 9 Eastern Time. And join us again next week for another edition of JM Rewind right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Vaihi, vaihi, bishur melech, bita serasheam. Vaihi, vaihi, bishur melech, bita serasheam. Kulanu yachad, yachad jibke Yisrael, achtud be'am Yisrael, be'akuda achad, yachad jibke Yisrael, achshav achtud be'am Yisrael. Shiva Hale, Il Kobi Yaha, Kulanu Ya.
Yeah, boy. 